Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Magic Gaming Podcast. Uh, this is Josh Cohen, and as always, I'm joined by the general manager and head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards. And today we have on second-year Magic Gaming player, Snubby. Uh, thanks to both of you for hopping aboard. Uh, I'll start with you, Jonah. Obviously, the team has been playing much better lately. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, July 26, so you guys will have another three 3v3 series this week. Uh, but last week you went 2-0, and uh, beating Heat Check Gaming in five and then sweeping Hornets Venom GT. Uh, I know adding Unguardable has been a big boost, uh, but what do you feel has helped you guys make strides and give you some added momentum ahead of the steal? Yeah, I mean, I think on, on top of uh, the addition of Unguardable in 3v3, like we, we just kind of found an identity a little bit. I think, you know, we, we talk about different lineups we can run over the course of the season. And we chatted, you know, often even on this podcast about the ability to run multiple things, uh, using Maddie as either a lockdown or a secondary guard, uh, May on an inside or an outside. And I think we kind of found that we have a clear identity and, and play style uh, when we have May on that inside, Maddie on that lock with Josh at, at the six foot uh, shooting point guard. And uh, when we're able to do that, I think we just know the way to play and strategically we've, we've been really successful with the lineup. So um, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, the, the, the biggest thing outside of obviously the, the addition of, of Josh is obviously a really, really uh, skilled, talented uh, 33 player. From your vantage point, Snubby, uh, what do you attribute the improved play to? Has it been a noticeable difference since getting unguardable and Jen in that 14 blockbuster trade a few weeks ago? Yeah, I would say most of the credit does go to getting the new guys, but also, you know, when you do make trades like that, and obviously we made a few this season, um, it does spark a little new life into the team. It kind of, it can kind of change where you think your ceiling's at. Um, and obviously with the people as talented as, as Josh and Jen, uh, we felt that uh, our, our ceiling was raised and we felt that we could um, do better. And it definitely sparked a lot of new life into, you know, me, Maddie and uh, Robbie. Now, Jonah, you've been in the league since day one as a coach, uh, but have you learned a lot this season about how different players handle different situations, considering all the roster changes that have been made throughout the year? I think I think definitely, yes. Um, I think that we've learned the grass isn't always greener. Um, I think we've learned that um, sometimes uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure, I think, in a, a lot of ways, too. I think you know, we were, um, we were thrilled with the addition of duck and, and what he brought to the team as a, as a two K mind. Um, and we were sad when we, we felt like we had to let him go. Cause we had just had an opportunity to get Josh. And we think can this be this, you know, this, this cornerstone of our franchise moving forward. So, um, but in, in addition, obviously we picked up Jen, who I'll be honest, I don't think he has the best rep reputation around the league. Um, and I think like, and Josh and Josh really frankly didn't either, um, which is part of the reason I think we, we thought Portland wanted to move him. So we're trying to do research on like, Hey, like why did they want to move this kid? He's obviously an exceptional talent. Um, I've interviewed him twice going into season four and season five with great interview, great kid from everything I've seen um, and in every interaction I've had with him. So, um, and I think that what we realize is, is, Hey, like, I think that the narrative around these kids was, was wrong. Um, I think that we, we feel like they've been, they've been great. Um, so that's why one of the things I said, Snubby and I joke about it, but I said something to, to Josh. I was like, I kind of expected you to have a worse attitude. 
mm-hmm. than, than you do. Um, as sad as that sounds, just because like the way that, you know, um, the, the stigma around his name at times because of how unsuccessful that Portland team was. And it's simply due to the, the unsuccess, that, you know, just the lack of success they had. So um, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. But, yeah, we've I've learned a lot. Obviously, this this season's been pretty crazy. Um, but we we said it in the room just yesterday that this is the um, most optimism uh, on a team that I've had going into the, the ticket and steal. Um, you know, in, in my, in my seasons. So um, that's obviously something to be, to be excited about. Yeah. You bring up an interesting point and Snubby, I'll let you touch on this. You've been in the league now for three years. You've seen guys kind of come and go and you've had a lot of teammates throughout your course so far. How important is an attitude and, and a demeanor when it comes to sort of that quote unquote locker room? Because I would imagine in a team format, it's not just about the individual skill level. It's also about the chemistry you have with your teammates. It's about all kind of forming the same identity. Uh, Have you kind of detected that through the course of your time in the NBA 2K league and especially this year with kind of the roster changing so rapidly? Uh, Yeah, I would say it, probably matters even more off the court what you have uh as you can see you know people you know the knicks and the timberwolves season one season two champions most people didn't look at them coming into the season or even going to those playoffs as the most talented team but they had really strong bonds off the court and i think that really helped them um especially you know the timberwolves they made that trade mid-season for j money i think that really helped them off the court um and I would say, you know, I've had teammates in the past, you know, season three, we we, were, we had some problems. We had people get suspended during that season. And we were looked at as a very talented roster, but I would still say we underperformed and kind of put ourselves in a, in a bad position in the playoffs and had to run into the undefeated Raptors, unfortunately. But, you know, most people, I look back at the season and still, you know, other people do and say that we had you know, maybe a top five, top six roster. We didn't get to perform like that. And. I think, you know, the stuff that happened off the court during that season definitely played a part into it. But, you know, with this team, I feel like in the amount of time we've had together and about limited time together, we are building a, a nice bond. And I think everyone trusts each other and everyone believes in each other. And obviously we do have nothing to lose, but we still um, feel that we should win. And switching gears to 5v5, uh, you snubby were playing the power forward spot in the seed week games a change from playing shooting shooting guard previously. Uh, what's the adjustment been like for you? And are you starting to get more comfortable at that power forward build? Yeah, it's been, it's been a fun adjustment. Obviously um, I, I did uh, kind of play power forward a little bit when I, when I first got into pro way back then. Um, but, you know, moving to it, I've obviously, I've been asking Robbie, like, you know, uh, watching film just on what other, power forward they're doing or whoever guards picking or whoever guards corner i'll watch what they're doing try to try to learn from them see what they do but a lot of stuff at power forward does come down to you know natural instincts but i would say one big one big change is obviously having to communicate a lot more especially if i am on the pick and roll as opposed to just you know on the wing uh so that's been a big part but robbie has helped me a lot with all the the little things uh, that he does and I know you previously were talking about Unguardable and Jen and what they've meant to this team, but has it been a seamless transition adjusting to their play styles, the way that they operate and the skills that they each possess? Uh, I would say they're honestly pretty unique compared to the rest of the league. I would say we, they, you know, those two probably put up you know, the most shots combined in a backward of, of any team. Um, so it is fun. Uh, to see, you know, when they're going crazy, they do go, they do go crazy, have probably more than anyone in the league. And it's fun at uh, power forward to get down there and get some rebounds for them. 
Now, Jonah, have you guys been practicing both 5v5 and 3v3 throughout seed week play to prep for both the ticket and the steal? Or have you prioritized one or the other in scrimmages? And in addition to that, uh, do you notice some teams putting more emphasis on one or the other? Or do you sense that teams have generally put their time into each equally? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so we have been uh, prioritizing 3v3 just because that's the, the the gameplay we're in currently with sprinkling some 5v5 scrimmages still in there. So we, we do value and understand that, you know, um, we, we want to be competitive at both the steal and the ticket, but it's going to be a challenge, you know, switching back and forth. So uh, I know I've mentioned to the guys and we've already started to do this some, but we're going to do some 3v3 scrimmage blocks and then 5v5 in the same day. Um, and, you know, some of the complaints are like, hey, the jump shot timing can be a little bit different. We're changing builds, going from, you know, game to game. Different builds are, are the kind of the meta and and uh, those typically have different timings. So it can be a little challenging. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to be able to do that, um, you know, in in, in that, that second week in August for us to be successful. So uh, we understand that. And so we're, we're focused on it. And But we're, we're doing a little bit of both. So prioritizing 3v3 just because, like I said, the games are going on right now. But um, to, to your other question, I think the answer is like, yeah, yes, there are teams that do prioritize one more than the other. I think certainly, um, I would say generally speaking, more teams uh, care more about 5v5 than do 3v3. There are maybe a couple teams, especially early on in the season, uh, when they realize they might have true potential in the mode. I would say Duke, for example, Pacers Gaming, for example, um, they probably played uh, more 3v3 scrims uh, than 5v5 just when that that split time kind of was happening. Um, but I think overall, most teams prioritize the 5v5. I think we've been a pretty, maybe Snubby has an opinion, but I think we've been pretty split uh, about 50-50. When we're in 3v3 gameplay, we're pretty much playing all 3v3. When we're in 5v5, we're almost all 5v5. And um, I think that's, you know, the best way to attack it. But, um, you know, it's, it's really, it is a challenge, man. It, it's, an, it's an uphill battle this time of year too. I mean, we're late July, early August. Um, there's just burnout going on across the league. Teams scrimmaging less. Um, so we're just trying to fight through that. We think the trade helped us and guys kind of still have a little energy. But, uh, you know, guys like Maddie and May, they've played every 3v3 game for us essentially. Um, that means they practice every day at 33. They haven't had a, a scrimmage off, right, in, in four or five months now. So uh, it's obviously wearing on them, but, you know, we appreciate their ability to kind of stay, stay tough mentally through it all, especially because, you know, it's not been the easiest season for us. Along those lines, maybe both of you can touch on this, but has it surprised you that very few teams are thriving in both the 5v5 and 3v3 modes simultaneously. Now, obviously, the game mode is different. The styles are different. But the actual players are the same, generally speaking. Uh, you look at the T-Wolves, for example, who I think most agree are the best 5v5 team, but they're eighth in the West in 3v3. And on the flip side, you have the Pacers, who are 10th in 5v5, but are first in 3v3. And they aren't really exceptions. I mean, the Bucks and Lakers, based on the standings, seem to be strong at both in the West, the Wizards and the Sixers, the same in the East. But has it been surprising that very few teams are excelling at both modes simultaneously? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first here. I, I, I think it is surprising for sure. Um, I, I Though there's always going to be a couple exceptions, right? Like when, when Duke's built a roster, like we knew Killy was a, a, 33, a good 33 player. Uh, we expected him to be good in 33. Um, didn't know how they would come together in 5v5, which is kind of the exact roster we're seeing, right? Um, there, there are some exceptions like that, right? For example, Boston. Uh, Tezo is an incredible 33 player. 
Um, Colt is solid in the mode as well. Uh, their 5v5 team has obviously come on stronger of late, but still like struggled early and and things like that. So um, though, though we kind of expected that, I just think there have been some surprises in, in the 3v3 mode that, that we didn't expect. Um, I think the strength of schedule has been a big part of it too, to be honest. Uh, for example, Minnesota, that last group they had, I believe, was Portland uh, when Unguardable is still there, uh, Milwaukee, and Handles, which was, man, that's a gauntlet of a group, similar to that that first group we had when we it was Genji, Grizzlies, and, and Handles. So we thought it was just, you know, really, really challenging. So, um, you know, I think that's a big part of it, too, is that we're not really looking at it, is that we play so few games this year that, um, you know, in 5v5, we're playing everybody in our conference and a couple teams in the other conference. Um, in 33, it's not the case. Like sometimes you just got a little unlucky with your, your schedule. And I think that happened to a couple teams. I think we're certainly one of them, but um, I would point to the wolves and warriors as a couple other ones as well. And snubby, do you have an opinion on this based on what you've seen and felt throughout the year? Yeah, it does. It, I could say, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it does seem maybe some of those teams that you had, you know, point out have a big disparity. They could have just started fully investing into one mode at, at a certain point. Like, you know, the Timberwolves, right after they won the, the tip-off, they probably went to threes and they probably, you know, didn't think much of it, especially after winning all that money and then tip-off. So I could see stuff like that happening. You know, like the Pacers, they win it. Um, they win it all, so they feel like they can just, you know, focus more on threes because, um, uh, you know, th- those teams have the greatest, you know, chances of winning, like, their respective championships, um, as most would think. But... It is, like like Jonah said, it is tough. You know, it's a very limited amount of games, and the schedule does definitely play a part. And, you know, if if you're not able to make it out of your group and get those extra points, it is tough. Um, so for those teams that are able to make it out of easier groups and maybe sneak a win or two on stage, that definitely uh, will separate teams in the standings. Now, I know not only are you guys trying to build momentum and confidence ahead of those two upcoming tournaments, but – how fun is it during these seed week games playing spoiler? Uh, the Hornets, for example, your former team, Snubby, uh, were sitting just below that playoff line when you play them. Uh, does it make it more fun when you know you're going to be getting the best out of the other team because of their own circumstances? And, and if you win like you did last week, does that make it even sweeter, just knowing that you're throwing kind of a wrench into the whole playoff equation? Uh, you know, yeah, it is nice, um, I guess, especially you know, against a former team, but uh, – uh, our first goal is obviously seeing where we're at because it's seeing where we're at as a 3v3 team uh, these two weeks because obviously like we, we did have Josh um, for just one game and that was like the day he flew in so it was it wasn't really a good uh, we didn't really get a good litmus test of where we were at in threes but I think you know beating the Hornets um, uh, was definitely good for us and this week will you know even improve further as there are um, some uh, some more playoff implications coming up and Jonah, finally, for the ticket in the steel, if you can just kind of detail how these tournaments are going to be set up. You guys are going to be going to Indianapolis in person for both, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we'll actually be flying out on the 8th of August, uh, getting there that evening. Um, on the 10th, we'll play in the steel. Uh, at this point, we're not sure who exactly we're playing. Um, if we win a couple of those rounds, uh, we'll then be playing on the 11th in the finals of, of the East and then the finals overall uh, versus the, the West opponent. Um, the winner of that game, I believe, does get some sort of cash prize if you do beat the West team. Uh, but obviously, our goal is to win the East and and then qualify for the playoffs uh, at that point. Um, and then, obviously, you know that's the tenth and the eleventh. The twelfth is the first day of the ticket, uh, so we basically have no day in between. Um, so you know, if we do, you know, 
advance far in the steel. Uh, we'll have to get somehow in there that night uh, and still get practice and get shots up and get, you know, get ready for five V five that'll be coming the next day uh, on the, uh, on the 12th. So we play Toronto on the 12th. If we win that game, we'll play another game that evening against either. Um, I believe we'll be either Boston, Brooklyn or Atlanta, depending on who wins. Um, and then, uh, cause it is reseeded, I believe to the, to, we, we would be one of the lower seeds, I believe. Um, so we'll see there, but, and if we win that game, we'll play the finals of the East again on, on the, uh, sorry, the dates are, they're everywhere uh, on the 13th. Um, and then we would play the finals of the ticket overall on the 13th as well. If we were to win that game, all those games are best of ones in the ticket and all the games are best of five in the steel. So, uh, that's why like overall, I just think like the steel has a higher likelihood for us. Uh, Cause it's not best of ones, man. It's just so easy to have one dud, especially when you got, you know, prolific guards, they have a bad shooting game, man. It's easy to lose a game to a team. You know, you're better than, um, which is unfortunate, but uh, you know, we're, we're excited for both. Honestly, I think it's going to be a lot of fun that week is going to have a lot of buzz for us. Our first time on stage all season, which is obviously long overdue. And uh, you know, we're excited about it. Yeah. It sounds really exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing all that action take place uh, in Indianapolis should be great opportunity for all you guys. Uh, so that's about all the time we have. Thanks again to Jonah and Snubby for coming aboard and providing their insight. Uh, once again, the Magic will complete their 3v3 seed week games this week. They'll have three of them uh, to conclude the quote-unquote regular season, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, before the two upcoming tournaments, the Steel and the Ticket, as Jonah just described. So uh, stay tuned for all the coverage and action. Should be a really exciting next couple weeks, and we'll catch you soon. Bye. 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 B